Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. What exactly was our commander-in-chief doing? For 187 minutes on January 6th, he was the president who didn't act. I don't think it got you any closer to a possible indictment of the president. I tested positive for COVID. The president feels well and feels capable of continuing to work. We are settling into a heat wave. Big concern is the strain on the power grids. The area is baking. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is Friday. Welcome to the weekend, News and Views, and lots to talk about this hour. Interesting article in the Carolina Journal. Representative Patrick McHenry, who represents North Carolina's 10th Congressional District, is a part of a bill. He, along with Elise Stefanik of New York and Jason Smith of Missouri, have introduced a bill called the Rain in Act, Reduce Exacerbated Inflation Negatively Impacting the Nation Act. Long title, that's why they have the acronym Rain in Act. In essence, this bill would require the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors and Office of Management and Budget to prepare a report including the inflationary effects for any executive action with an estimated impact of at least $1 billion, according to the news release from McHenry's office. The White House would then have to report these findings to Congress each year to increase transparency and accountability over executive actions. You know, this is good. I like the idea of this, but when you're dealing with this current administration that doesn't really care about truth, how are you going to, how's this going to, I mean, listen, I've got stories here today uh, where Homeland Security Mayorkas, in fact, we've got audio, we'll play from him in a few minutes, talking about how the border is secure. And we have... People in the Biden administration says uh, inflation, that's not a big deal. Transitory. And the economic outlook is great. The economy. I mean, we had Biden less than a month ago telling us that we're historic highs. The, the economy is roaring along. If, if the, this administration is that glib with the truth, I mean, they wouldn't know the truth if it hit them across the side of the head. So, uh, Representative McHenry, I'm not trying to um, discount. I mean, first of all, we know, and political advisors have said, this legislation is not going to move forward. Nancy Pelosi just doesn't allow things to come to the floor that goes against the progressive agenda. So, and I, I, I admire the intent of this. And we, and we look, we have got to continue to put forward these kind of bills. If nothing else, it points a spotlight to how corrupt this administration is. But, uh, I mean, Joe has uh, his executive actions. And look, these executive actions have gone well, well beyond what ought to be allowed. Joe Biden has taken a number of executive actions which uh, have caused inflation, increased prices, the Keystone Pipeline for one. Uh, his climate policies have about killed us. Uh, the Biden administration continues to consider harmful economic policies like counseling student debt. Um, and, you know, he, he turns around and 
a, a year ago, you know, cut every American uh, a check for was it thirty six hundred bucks? And stop and think about this. I mean, what's what's the average income? I don't, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, is it forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars? So let's say it's forty thousand dollars. Well, we're we're looking at approximately a ten percent inflation rate, which means your thirty six hundred dollar check has been eaten up in inflation. In fact, you lost four hundred dollars. If inflation's ten percent, you're making forty thousand dollars a year. You just lost four hundred dollars. In other words, you're instead of being thirty six hundred dollars ahead, you're four hundred dollars behind. But that's the uh, that's the Joe Biden way. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I do not think for one second that the Biden administration cares one iota. I'm trying to keep it PG here, so I'll just say cares one iota. I could be a little bit more graphic about the environment, about global warming, about climate change. They don't care. It's all about power and money and sleight of hand. Can we get enough suckers to believe that we care? Now, Joe is so bad at it. I, a lot of people are just sort of snickering and laughing behind his back. But, And I think that I, I honestly do believe that uh, the, the silver lining with these progressives is they've overplayed their hand. And most Americans are looking at what the Biden administration has done just with just the cost of energy and the availability of energy and their their glib response i mean you had pete Buttigieg earlier this week before congress and basically what he was saying i'm I'm paraphrasing here but basically what he was saying was we don't really care whether you freeze your fanny off this this winter we don't really care whether or not you can't get around and fill up your tank with gasoline to move your car. We don't care because the transition is more important. It's more important that we transition to all green, which is a total joke. I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. This isn't anything new, but I mean, the idea of I've got an electric vehicle. Well, what is what what fossil fuel are we burning in order to get the electricity to charge your car? Because, listen, I mean, right now, solar and wind have to be supplemented by fossil fuels. Town Hall's reporting today that Joe Biden is applauding Ford Motor Company because they want to ramp up their electric vehicles. Uh, Guess what? According to a report from Reuters, 8,000 Ford employees' jobs are on the chopping block. How's that going to work out for you? 8,000 jobs. (laughs) Listen, have we not been told by this administration over and over again, these liars? And that's what they are. They're liars. They they come out and tell us, oh, if we go green, we're going to create a million new jobs. Really? Tell that to the people that work for Ford Motor Company. The 8,000 are going to be laid off. Unbelievable. Despite its apparent need to cut jobs in order to make their transition happen, a Ford spokesman for, uh, said, um, to deliver our Ford transformation and lead this exciting 
and disruptive new era of electric and connected vehicles. We remain focused on reshaping our work and modernizing our organization across all automotive business units and across the company. That's called double talk for saying, don't, don't, please don't shine the spotlight on the fact that we're canning 8,000 of our workers. I, look, I, I, I think electric vehicles are here to stay. And I think when electric vehicles will really have arrived, it will be when we can come up with a vehicle that will have a combustion engine, a gasoline engine, or a diesel engine that will generate not only power the car, but will generate electricity to recharge the battery. And when that happens, then we will all be using less fuel because the the fossil fuels will be doing two things. It will be moving the car and it will be recharging the batteries. When that happens, that'll be a great thing because that, that will actually be a money saver for people, even though you you know these rechargeable batteries, they have a certain life and to replace them. I mean, do you realize... I think it's the cost to replace the batteries in a Tesla is like sixteen grand. I, I mean, that's about the price I paid for my used Highlander. <laughs> so just the batteries in a Tesla is about sixteen grand. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not inexpensive. And what do you do with the old batteries? But hey, you know, it's it's symbolism, and it makes me feel good because I've got my electric vehicle. But. Anyway, I, I say that electric vehicles will be here, but you know, I, I do not see the the day coming when we will completely eliminate a fossil. I mean, not in my lifetime anyway. When we completely eliminate a fossil fuel driven automobile or truck, they're going to be with us for a while, for a long while. I would just say I, I'm not a stockbroker, but I would say on the near term, you might want to sell your Ford stock if you own any. Just saying. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about on this Friday edition of News and Views. And uh, when we come back, do you know what the guy who attacked Representative Lee Zeldin said just before he came up and wielded a sharp object? I, I guess it was a knife or a box cutter or something as uh, he attacked the uh, candidate for uh, governor of New York. Uh, what did he say just before that attack? I'll tell you when we get back. This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is July 22nd, National Hammock Day. Yeah, good Friday afternoon. Lying out in the hammock, a little cool drink. Uh, today, July 22nd, I mean, this is, this is sort of odd that all these things happened on this day. Uh, and it, it has a very negative theme to it. 88 years ago, 1934, bank, rob- bank robber John Dillinger was shot to death by federal agents. 31 years ago, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer, Dahmer was arrested in Milwaukee. Police found 11 skulls and three headless torsos sealed in a vat, plus other, other body parts in his apartment. 28 years ago, 1994, O.J. Simpson pleaded absolutely 100% not guilty to double murder charges. Yeah, right. 19 years ago, 2003, Saddam Hussein's sons, Kusay, and international playboy Uday, were killed in a massive six-hour U.S. military raid on a home in Iraq. 
uh, a lot of, uh, and I would say that's not overly positive news uh, <laughs> on this day, July 22nd. Taking a week and a look at your weekend weather forecast tonight, a few clouds, a stray shower is possible, low around 72. Saturday, sunshine and clouds are mixed. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible with a high around 96. Tomorrow night, a few clouds, low of 74. Sunny on Sunday with a few clouds, a high near 95 again. So uh, lots of sunshine this weekend and warm. So Representative Lee Zeldin, who is running for governor in the state of New York, good guy, conservative guy, a man came up to him and uh, attacked him, had some sort of sharp object. I don't know why it's so hard to define. I don't know if it was a knife or a box cutter or something along those lines. Came up, he was going, he, he attacked. He did attack Lee Zeldin. And I'll tell you, Lee Zeldin's stock went up in my mind. He was giving a speech. The suspect is identified as a guy named David G. Uh, Jeb, Jeb, Jeb Bonus. Uh, it's a uh, interesting uh, name. Anyway, just before he attacked Zeldin, he just shouted out, you're done. Came at him with this sharp object. Zeldin grabbed his wrist, and then uh, some uh, American veterans who were there at the speech came and tackled the guy, took him off. Kudos to Zeldin. He gets back up and finishes his speech. <laughs> I don't know that I could do that. I mean, I, I, I've done a lot of public speaking, but if somebody attacked me with a knife or something to that effect, and you're wrestling with, I mean, wrestle them down to the stage, and you get up, brush yourself off, and finish your speech, that's impressive. I mean, if the guy could do that, he'd make a pretty good governor is all I can say. But the theme of today's program is, you know, Lady Justice is supposed to be blind. The progressives have ripped the blindfold off of Lady Justice. This guy who attacked Zeldin was, and by the way, Lee, Lee Zeldin said that this, this would happen. He said, look, they'll arrest this guy, then they'll let him go. And they did. And it wasn't like he had to put up a, a, a big bail, any kind of bond. They let him go on his own recognizance. In other words, they said, the guy just attacked a man running for the governorship of New York with a knife. And they turn around and say, well, if you promise to be a good boy, we'll let you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Judge, I'll do that. I would love to know who made the decision to let this guy go. I, again, we are living in anarchy. I've said before, this is the beginning of anarchy. We're in it. Why in the world would anybody let this guy go? Zeldin, who is the Republican candidate for governor of New York, according to Fox News, predicted the alleged attacker would be released. Quote, his words as he tried to stab me a few hours ago were, you're done. But several attendees quickly jumped into action, tackled the guy. Law enforcement was on the scene within minutes. The attacker will likely be instantly released under New York's laws. Hey, George Soros, it's working. Congratulations. Well, they did. Uh, you know, if nothing else, this will make a great campaign ad for Lee Zeldin, as it ought. 
I mean, I hope that that would, wouldn't that be a great ad? I mean, just show the guy attacking Lee Zeldin, and Lee Zeldin could come on after they show that video, tell him what happened, and said, "This is why you need to elect me." Under our current leadership, uh, this is uh, it's okay to let these kind of people go. It's amazing. Would would they have let him go had this had a conservative attacked the Democrat? Would they have let the, the that individual go? I I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Fox News is reporting multiple border patrol agents are now pushing back against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas's claim that the southern border is secure. Again, as I said earlier in the program, these people are just absolute liars. I'm sorry to sound so disrespectful. Isn't it terrible that we've come to the point in our country where we look at our national leaders, we look at our national institutions, and I know there's a lot of good people that, that work as Border Patrol agents. I know there's a lot of great FBI agents, but the people at the top, the people at the top are liars. All of them, I don't know, but there's certainly a lot of them that are. There were more than 207,000 migrant encounters in June alone, the fourth month in a row where the number of encounters breached the 200,000 mark. That's 800,000 people. That is not quite, but almost as many people that live in North Carolina, east of I-95. Mayorka speaking at the Aspen Security Forum on Tuesday. That's a bunch of libs getting together and kissing each other's rears. Um, well, this is what he said when he was asked about, do we live on a secure border? Cut two. The border, the border is secure. The border, uh, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. Uh, I have said to a number of legislators who expressed to me that um, we need to address the challenge at the border before um, they pass legislation. And I take issue with the math of holding the solution hostage until the problem is resolved. Um, uh, there is work to be done. Um, when you safe and secure are two different words, there are smugglers that operate uh, on the Mexican side of the border um, and placing one's life in their hands is not safe. Apparently, whoever writes this guy's material is the same word salad speechwriter that works for Kamala Harris. That was a lot of nothing. <laughs> that was a lot of meandering. I don't have an answer for you, so let me just babble. He says the border is secure. We need to make it more secure. That's like saying the pail of water is full. We need to make it more full. Border agents do not share Mayorkas' assessment. Quote, hundreds of thousands crossing every month is not the definition of secure, one agent said. They are liars, and anyone who believes them are fools. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, 
the NBPC, also disputed that the border is secure, pointing to not only the drug flows into the United States, but also the number of migrants that get past the agents. The high-level CBP source told Fox News last month that there have been 440,000 known gotaways since the fiscal year began last October, with over 50,000 in May, combined with 400,000 known gotaways since the beginning of fiscal year 2021. That means more than 800,000 illegal immigrants have gotten past agents since October of 2020. But hey, it's secure. (laughs) The scariest part of border security is the gotaways and the amount of drugs that are coming into the country, Judd said. Secretary Mayorkas knows the cartels use illegal border crossers to facilitate their high-value contraband, including criminal aliens and fentanyl. Secretary Mayorkas knows we have at least, I'm sorry, knows we have the least secure border in our history, as evidenced by nearly 1 million known gotaways and over 100,000 overdose deaths from narcotics coming across our southwest border, he said. There are easy solutions, but based upon the evidence and a refusal to implement programs to secure the border, it is clear this administration, including Secretary Mayorkas, clearly does not care about the American people. I mean, you, you can go to countries all over the world, and guess what they have? They have walls. They have fences. They have guards. And m- many countries in other parts of the world have a lot stronger incentive for people to be getting out of one country and getting into another than we have at our southern border. But the Biden administration is saying, hey, come on in. Now, the Biden administration is happy to send all kinds of money over to Ukraine. And, I mean, that's a, that's a whole different debate we could have. But they won't spend the money on our southern border to build the wall? No. Why? Because they want them to come in. They want our anarchy. Listen, when the orca says the border is secure, what he means is this is as secure as he and his progressive allies want the border. Again, this is a means to an end. If we bankrupt the country, if we make America a a crisis nation, which is becoming quickly, the progressives look at their opportunity to implement their vision of hope and change, and it's not just the border. It's putting us into bondage with inflation, with energy, with food. They want the American citizenry totally willing to forfeit their liberty for what they think will be the security of a government handout, which won't be secure at all. And again, we have gotten numerous examples of this. Go down to Venezuela. Go, go down to Venezuela 30 years ago. It was, it was the most prosperous nation in the Southern Hemisphere, perhaps. And they allowed communist dictatorships to take over, despots to take over. Still, still the case to this day. And many people saw it coming, and many people got out of Venezuela early on. But under the promise of the government will take care of you, People are, I mean, there are all kinds of stories that we've read over the last few years about how they have had to go in, people go into zoos and kills the, kill the animals in the zoos in order to have something to eat. 
That's how desperate it's gotten. Don't you dare believe for one second that these people that offer you promises, they, they want catastrophe so they can offer you promises and you'll say, yes, please, please take care of us. And if you think it's bad now, boy, what you wait. That's what they want. Are you willing to hand it over? There are a lot of people that would say, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Give me my, my TV and my, my junk food, and uh, I'll just sit here and be fat and happy. Mayorkas, Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz, and President Biden are failures that do not have the support of agents and many command staff. They have all violated their oath of office to defend the laws of the Constitution and should be removed, one source said. The Biden administration has focused its response to the crisis on targeting root causes of the crisis like corruption and poverty in Central America, America as well as implementing what it calls safe and legal pathways for immigration and claiming asylum. This administration, the progressives, A, they want power, and they think the best way to get power is let's have a crisis, let's bring the American people to the, their knees so that they will be begging us, please bail us out. I mean, it's happened in communist country after communist country, and that's that's what they're shooting for. That's what they want. All right, don't let them at, don't let Don't give them the satisfaction. Hey, we've got to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Friday's edition of News and Views. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Hey, a little good news. Uh, I know so often... uh, Sometimes it feels negative as you listen to the show just because there's so much negative news out there. But uh, this is positive news to me. Uh, Down in Georgia this week, there were patients at abortion clinics waiting to get an abortion that were turned away. They were sent home because a federal appeals court allowed a pro-life law to go in effect on Wednesday. Some patients in Georgia were waiting in a clinic or scheduling for an appointment to have an abortion and uh, the ruling came out midweek uh, they were told uh, you're gonna have to go home at one atlantic uh, atlanta clinic rather four patients were sent home as chief operating officer melissa grant said they had to send them home it was a it was difficult every time the staff had to bring it up whether it was someone on the phone for tomorrow or someone in the office today um, well the baby's probably happy Georgia's law is similar to legislation in Texas and Tennessee. Now, in response to this, one California doctor announced that she is spearheading a project to get an offshore abortion clinic vessel in federal water in the Gulf of Mexico to provide abortions to women in states where abortion is restricted. You know, here's the one good thing about this, that even if women will have to go through this procedure and it's their decision. They get on, a, I don't know, you're going to get on another boat that takes you out, to, you know, some smaller boat that takes you out to the big boat to get an abortion. Uh, it, it, at least women that are considering abortion will now, in a sense, be forced to think this through. Is this something I really want? 
And quite frankly, I think the other ramification of this is, you know, we, we have been living in a society for the last few decades that's pretty loosey-goosey when it comes to uh, their sexual lives. Uh, maybe people will take, uh, you know, the, the vows of marriage a little bit more seriously uh, if, they, if they think through the ramifications of what can happen um, when you do the horizontal shuffle. Uh, anyway, um, there are some uh, babies that will be born in uh, the state of Georgia that wouldn't have been born otherwise. Now, I know there's a lot of different uh, emotions on this subject, but uh, I'm unabashedly uh, pro-life. So we were talking about, uh, before the break, we were talking about Mayorkas and how he is telling us that everything is secure, everything is good. Uh, no, no worries. The border is secure, but we've got to make it more secure. The uh, administration's head of transportation, the Transportation Security Administrator, David Pekoski, was being um, examined by Senator Josh Hawley earlier this week. And it came to light that many of these illegal immigrants are using their arrest papers as proper ID to board airplanes to be taken to different part of the country. Here's how it went down earlier this week. How many individuals have presented TSA with arrest warrants or deportation notices and were permitted to travel in this calendar year? Uh, under a thousand, sir. How does this policy comport with 18 U.S.C. 1325, which criminalizes improper entry into the United States by an alien? Sir, these uh, individuals that have these arrest warrants, those arrest warrants were issued by the Border Patrol or a customs officer, um, and they serve as a beginning to our identity verification process. So you can't walk up to a checkpoint, wave that form, and then you go right through into screening. We go through a process to verify that you are the person that you claim to be uh, and that you are receiving the level of screening, which always includes uh, enhanced screening when people don't have the proper identification. So somebody who presents an an arrest warrant is subject to an in-person interview with the airport's federal security director? They have a, uh, an interview with the officers that are on scene at the checkpoint, but that's not all that's happening. What those officers are doing are they're, they're talking to... Wait, wait, when you say the officers are on scene at the checkpoint, who, what are we talking the about? The transportation there? security officers, the uniformed officers at the checkpoint. Okay, but not the federal security director. They, they will bring in the federal security director if needed. Well, why would that person not be needed if, if you have someone who's an illegal immigrant? Right. So, so we aren't looking at whether a person is legal or illegal in the country. Our, our function is to make sure that... Why not? Because our role is to make sure that um, people that might pose a risk to transportation um, that's significant enough to either require enhanced screening or to not allow them to fly, um, that the proper... So you position someone who is known to have violated the laws of the United States does, does not thereby need enhanced screening? You're not concerned about this person as a security threat? Uh, sir, there are people every day that violate the laws of the United States that fly. Uh, we look for things that are related to transportation security. And you don't think someone who is, who is by definition, mm-hmm. somebody presents a warrant for arrest, mm-hmm. you don't think that that necessitates enhanced screening? Uh, they get enhanced. All, all of those individuals get enhanced screening. You just told me that it doesn't necessarily involve the, no, any, any interview with the federal security director, and you also said that you may well let them get on airplanes. And in fact, you've allowed at least 1,000 people to get on sure, airplanes but, but, this year, calendar year alone. Right, but, but in- Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, what a false narrative, too. I mean, sir, we do not really, we're not really concerned whether they're legal or illegal. 
you know, by definition, they've broken the law if they're here illegally. Now, we know progressives don't want to call illegal aliens illegal, even though they're illegal. And to come out and say, oh, and, and listen, Senator Holly, Americans who violate the law fly every day. Okay, I, I'm sure there are Americans uh, that violated that have violated the law. I mean, if you if you want to take it to the nth degree, they they sped on the way to the airport. They violated the law. Okay, but the inference is, hey, there are Americans out there that are just as guilty as these illegal immigrants, which is it's a false narrative. It is not true. So basically, they're saying, yeah, as long as, as long, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at these arrest papers. That's their ID. Now, we have no idea. I mean, they don't come with an ID, so they're given an ID. It's called an arrest warrant, a paper, and, and they put their name on there with the country they're supposed to be from, and that's their new identification. And we we have no clue whether or not this person has a criminal background in their home country whether they bought drugs across the country, whether or not they transported children, whether or not they're, uh, listen, I'm, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but the, the illegalities that happen on the road to the border will blow your mind. And the number of Ill, uh, immigrants that come across illegally that die on the way would blow your mind. You can't make it up. This administration doing all they can to destroy this country so they can introduce basically a a despot, communist, we're in control country. And again, just go go look at the other countries around the world. The, The one thing that we have going for us as Americans... And, and maybe this is the silver lining. It's not a justification. I'm not saying, oh, good, this justifies what's happening. Not at all. But many of these people that are coming into their country are the many of the people that are here legally that have come from other countries previously know how bad it is when a country gives up its liberty to embrace what they think is security. It never works. It never works. You have a few people that get the power, goes to their head, and they end up being despot dictators and that, and, uh, or, or oligarchs, and that's exactly what we're going to see happen here if this does not change, if this does not stop. we got to take another time out. More news and views for a Friday. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Gas prices, rising costs, your groceries. Everything is massive inflation, way up. Going through the roof. It's outrageous. Hold on to your wallet. What's coming through your speaker? Information. The latest news and updates. Or your smart device. The conversation right now. This is complete insanity. It's free. There's a lot going on right now. We have to understand what that means. Listen on the TuneIn Radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Axios is reporting that the White House economic advisors yesterday moved the goalpost on what a recession is. Now, a recession basically is two or more quarters of economic shrinkage. But now the administration wants to change the definition of what a recession is. So 
they won't argue that we've had two or more quarters of economic shrinkage, but uh, that doesn't mean a recession. Now, we're going to change the definition. I mean, isn't that what they're doing with everything? Title IX, you know, which was supposed to protect women's sports. Now they're changing the definition of what Title IX meant. So now it is whatever your gender happens to be in your mind, you qualify for the protections under Title IX. Yeah. I guess it started with Bill Clinton. What's, what, it depends on what your definition of is is. Yeah. Common sense is out the window. Deliberately. Common sense is out the window. If, it, heaven forbid if anybody has common sense, they're a bigot and a racist, a xenophobe, a homophobe, whatever. Whatever phobe you want to pick. If you have common sense, oh, you're, you're bad news. Speaking of Clinton... Former Bill Clinton advisor Dick Morris. I think Benny mentioned this yesterday. Dick Morris has come out with a column earlier this week saying that he thinks Hillary will run again in 2024. Writing for Newsmax, Morris argues that the Democrat Party's leftward lurch will draw in Clinton as the only moderate who can stop Donald Trump from winning a belated second term. Dick Morris is a, let me try to be kind. He's an opportunist. He's sort of creepy. Uh, but, um, you know, he's he's an opportunist. And I, 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 I don't, I know he had some credibility years ago when he was working for, for Bill Clinton. But, I mean, first of all, he was supposed to have been a conservative. And he quickly sold out to become a uh, paid speechwriter and consultant to Bill Clinton. If you're a genuine conservative, would you do that? I mean, you look at your conservative values. You look at what you stand for. And if some liberal came to you and said, you know, I, you really have talent. And I want you to use your talent to make sure I'm elected and reelected. Would you work for that person? I wouldn't. You say, oh, Tom, for enough money. I know, I wouldn't. I mean, right now I'm in the stage of life that I don't need a lot of extra goodies. But no, I wouldn't. Dick Morris did, which sort of taints anything he says. But be that as it may, as leftist candidates emerge, he writes, as frontrunners in the Democratic primary, pressure will grow on Hillary Clinton to enter the race. Much like Biden's surprise entrance in 2020, Democrats will see her as their savior, an experienced politician able to bridge the left and more moderate wings of the party. Hillary's a three-time loser. (laughs) And she's old. And she's not likable. And and quite frankly, um, I think Hillary will do anything even sell her soul to be elected as president. She'll do anything. But she's, she's not likable. She's lost three times. And I'm not sure that she's progressive enough for the progressive left. They would look at her as uh, irrelevant, too old, part of the old party. So I, I, I would disagree um, with Morris. I think this is an opportunity for Morris to try to get himself in front of the cameras. As we mentioned yesterday, 
a uh, new poll out from Rasmussen. Rasmussen asked if Clinton should run again. The results, 69%, and this was, I think, a poll of nearly 2,000 people, uh, which is a high number. Most of these polls are five or 600. Uh, Clinton, 69% no, 20% yes. 53% of Democrats said no. 59% of liberals said no. I, I don't see it. And uh, again, if if Democrats really wanted to win with a Democrat candidate, they ought to get behind Joe Manchin. I, in all honesty, that's the only person I see out there that would have a shot at it. Maybe uh, Tulsi Gabbard, if uh, she were to run, but uh, she, they, they, they would never run her. By the way, uh, she came out on Fox News last night. The former uh, representative from Hawaii, she ran for uh, the presidency uh, last go-round. Uh, she was eliminated pretty early on, but she's become more and more conservative. You know, her dad was, I think, ran for governor out in Hawaii, and uh, he was very conservative and pro-life. Um, anyway, she was commenting on Nancy Pelosi's husband buying up that uh, stock on uh, insider information, which Nancy was asked about. And uh, did you tell your husband about these uh, semiconductor chip manufacturers, which you bought all that, uh, all those calls? And uh, did you did you tell him about that? She said, absolutely not. Tulsi Gabbard said, uh, what we're seeing here is the same thing that I saw when I was in Congress. It is the blatant corruption being exposed in broad daylight. The system is rigged, she said. Unfortunately, uh, that's pretty much how it looks. From the January 6th committee to our border being secure to uh, inflation not existing, to the economy being great. Uh, It's a pack of lies. Pray for our country. Hey, listen, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right.